Hello and welcome to The Good Council, the podcast of the World Future Council. In each episode, we'll highlight current challenges and policy solutions, and we'll also take you on a journey of inspiring stories. Listen in to another of our intergenerational dialogues from around the globe. My name is Melina, 18 years old, grew up in Hong Kong and now living in Germany, supporting the Youth Forum of World Future Council. In this episode of The Good Council, our intergenerational dialogues, I'm speaking with Thais Corral, who is a social innovator and entrepreneur, as well as a women's rights and ecological activist. She has been a counselor of the World Future Council since 2011, and she is the founder of Sinal do Vale, a Brazilian regeneration campus for action learning located near Rio de Janeiro which serves as a center for the regeneration and remediation of ecosystems, communities, and individuals. She is one of the leaders who actively participated in organizing the Earth Summit in 1992, together with the Nobel Prize winner Wangari Matai, our honorary counselor. She was a co-founder of the Women Environment and Development Organization WIDO and two well-respected non-governmental organizations in Brazil, the Network of Human Development, REDE, and Communication, Education, and Information on Gender, SEMINA, which supported the creation of a network of 400 women's radio programs all over Brazil. For her accomplishments, she was awarded the Women of the Year 2001 title by the Brazilian National Council of Women. As part of WIDO, she won the UNEP Global Champions in 2006 and the Tech Interactive Award of Social Technologies that Benefit, benefit the econ Economy by Silicon Valley. Hi, Thais. It is so lovely to meet you, and I'm happy to talk to you today. Even though we're not in the same room, we're not, unfortunately, sitting in the same room, uh, it is very nice to meet you. Yes, thank you very much, Marina. I'm very honored to be part of this intergenerational like uh, podcast and uh, to yeah. be talking with you and that you are part of the Youth Leaders Forum of the World Future Council. Yeah, I'm very happy to talk to you. You're currently in Brazil, right? Or where are you? Yeah, I am currently in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, to be more specific. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. How did you how did you deal with the lockdown there in Brazil? How did that impact your project? Since there's so many young people who are active in your project, how did that impact? Yeah, for us, it. Uh, I mean, of course, our project uh, normally is receives a lot of people, so foreigners with events. We were impacted because this all was suspended. But for us that live there in the forest with nature. Our lifestyle has not changed so much because uh, our lockdown was nested in yeah. nature. So it was not like being in an apartment. No? So yeah. we, we're in that sense, we were very lucky and we continue our activities. We we're just uh, that we couldn't uh, be so much surrounded by by guests and, uh, and people that volunteers and people, new volunteers that come. Great. Yeah. And you're so Rio is very close to to the campus, right? To Sinal. It's uh, about one hour away. It's uh, by car. Yeah. And, very uh, convenient. But, uh, but people couldn't uh, 
go back and forth. The first part of the lockdown was really tight. Yeah. You know that the intermunicipal like transportation was not available. So yeah, yeah. you have these barriers between municipalities as everywhere. But uh, but this has been released more than a year ago, like a. By June or uh, July of 2020, it were the first three months that I think everywhere were so because yeah. we didn't know what 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 was happening. You know? Yeah, um, we want to talk about how you grew up. So you you lived in Italy for five years, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, and after you lived in Italy, uh, you decided to become a journalist. And um, how did this? influence your decision later to become an environmental activist? Well, I think I am one of the, the people that grew in Brazil during the, the military dictatorship, which was very dry, I would say, as, uh, as, as uh, was very limited as a cultural environment. And also, I, as a young woman, uh, like... Um, 40 years ago, I was longing for, for new experiences, yeah. for new horizons, for new environments. And that was what brought me to Italy. And in Italy, I could uh, meet uh, the feminist movement uh, and the beginning, you know, during that decade, which were the 80s, the beginning of the other concerns like the environmental movement. It was when the Green Party in Germany really blue bloom yeah no and um, yeah. so all these influence the course that my life took afterwards no and uh so between the feminism and the environmentalism environmentalism my ecological movement i found uh, a meaning for my life uh, and um that uh and it were this this decade during the between the eight during the 80s yeah, and uh, so Italy was critical. I wouldn't have been able to find it in Brazil. So I, when I came back to Brazil at the at the late eighties, also here it was a, uh, the end of the dictatorship, the new yeah. civilian government, and uh, there were all kinds of movements. The a new Green Party being formed in Rio. So this all like somehow prepared me for this return uh, to Brazil in which I could have a contribution aligned also with what was happening. Yeah, I mean, Italy is also beautiful. I was born there and I absolutely love it. Um, I think the culture there and the the movements that you were talking about, you you feel it, you really feel it when you're there. Um, yeah, moving sure. on, Yeah, uh, moving on to World Future Council and politics. Um, you organized the legendary Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in 1992 and also worked closely together with our honorary council member, Wangari Matai. And uh, I'm curious as to how the dynamic has changed since then when it comes to uh, environmental protection and climate protection. Well, I think that... Uh... At the, at the end of the 80s, the 90s, when the end of the, the Cold War and uh, the dismantle of the Berlin Wall, all these walls that were so much part of uh, the 70s and the 60s, the, since the 60s, you know, for 30 years we had uh, the Cold War and all these, uh, these very frightening uh, 
possibilities for the world, you know, because from one in one day, like uh, with uh, the weapons of mass destruction, we could be destroyed. So we were very hopeful at that time when people came together, the earth uh, people, the governments came together with uh, the different uh, like uh, sectors of civil society, the industries, the union, unions, the the municipalities, the the different uh, movements, no, the 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 civil society movements, the NGOs, the women's movement, the indigenous movement. It's all these movements came together, like to discuss an agenda for the 21st century. You know, so I think there was really hope, and the governments committed so much money, also and a significant increase of ODA. So we were very hopeful and we had two framework yeah. conventions, no, the climate change convention and the biodiversity convention. So we really were very hopeful that this, uh, that this would be at the beginning of a big change. And it didn't it went like this. Yeah? It didn't go like this. And I think uh, that, uh, that uh, nowadays we look to the same problems in a more realistic way, no? because yeah. that time we all have... Uh, we thought it would be easier, no? And what we saw that uh, many of these uh, conditions, no, that uh, that are at the basis of uh, those problems, the causes of these problems, require much more, uh, like uh, determination, work, and uh, and for all of us to really let go of so much yeah. uh, of our comfort of so many things that we acquired. So probably what I think the pandemic also showed is that maybe we will have to face the consequences of uh, what we do to actually uh, embrace change yeah. because just by by our own will, seems more difficult to move uh, as, 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 as like a crowd of the earth. You know, you have always small, small groups of people that yeah. are willing to change, but the masses are not. And uh, the leadership, the predominant leadership are still very much in the old paradigm. So that's what I think we see 30 years later. No? And do you still think that 30 years later, obviously, with uh, the current situation of politics and uh, such, do you think that the role of politics and these powerful people in uh, promoting environmental protection and climate change, do you think that the role has changed or that they have the same impact? I mean, I don't think so, because uh, somehow now we have uh, the world to some extent is has more openness, no? And it's also more fragmented, no? I, 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 what I see is that uh, now we have, because of the internet, social media, everybody connected, I think there is so much influence. Yeah. Uh, different influences, no, that are actually... Uh, guide uh, the, the 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 mindsets, no, the different mental models and mindsets. So uh, uh, I think governments are, are one of them. They don't uh, drive the scene by any chance. Yeah. And so I feel there is hope, and then other ways more complicated because it's hard to keep everybody under the same uh, perspective, no, and uh, that we would need. And so. I think uh, on one hand, we have uh, more and more groups that are concerned 
they are determined to embrace change, but the majority is still following like old patterns. So yeah. very difficult to predict uh, what is going to happen. For me, it's important that we as as activists, as agents of change, as people that are aware, we keep doing whatever we can without uh, thinking too much uh, at the global level what is going to happen. Yeah. Because really nobody knows, you know. Totally. Um, so topics like food security, reforestation, soils are so close to your heart, right? And uh, you're also the, the co-chair of our Commission on Ecosystems and Livelihood. And um, I want to know why, why these topics um, are so close to your heart and why they're so important for you. Uh, I mean, what I came to the to really understand and more than understand intellectually, cognitively, but also to feel is how important uh, is for us to really connect and understand uh, the importance of ecosystems, the soil, the, the, the water, the, the animals that sustain these ecosystems. And so I, I think it's just, uh, being connected to life, you know, yeah. even driving here, I was looking to a tree and uh, I was stopped in, a, in the, 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 the stop, you know, the, the car stopped mm-hmm. and I was looking to this tree and just imagine, you know, for, for a minute, I, I was totally taken away by imagining the, the levels. The, it was alone there in the middle of traffic because I am in Rio, but uh, how many ants and uh, small animals it holds, yeah. you know, that home. So I think it's uh, it's awareness, no, that we lost because we are so much taken in your hush, in our yeah. kind of uh, objectives and beliefs that this is the right way. So I think that uh, that uh, life, the ecosystems, but it's really a, bring us back to what we are no so that's the yeah. how they are so dear to me because it's a it's a whole web of life that we we connect with yeah we're all we're all part of nature i mean i have herbs growing here at my kitchen window and i think even small things like that uh that you see every day but you don't really notice because you're busy with everything else but even growing like rosemary or something in my kitchen. I feel like those little things, they really ground you and remind you, okay, this is yeah. the big thing that we're all part of. Yeah, and it's miracles, no? It's, miracle. it, uh, it's a sure. miracle to see them, how they germinate, how they grow. Every leaf is different. So no artist, yeah. no art would be able to... to um, like copy that, you know. Yeah. We all forget that, and we kind of keep uh, like our, our our lives full of, of things that are is this materialism and this material yeah. world that was so dominant that is also killing us, and it has already disconnected us to that uh, to that connection to that source. You know, it's not being esoteric, but just going back to what practically is 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 the truth. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so since 2011, you are a counselor of the World Future Council. And uh, what what makes WFC, what makes World Future Council so special for you? 
I think first of all is the intention of it. You know, I think of the intention of Jacob and uh, Alexandra and so many of the counselors that have been there since the beginning was to to be to to identify exemplars, you no, know, that could illustrate how it could be, you know, through policies, through through livelihoods, you no, know, because it all came from the high right livelihood award, and I. I happened to be a jury for two two years, no, two different uh, sessions of it, or two different selections. And it's amazing the kind of people and how the people that they gather there. I was so inspired. And you see how many good people are in the world, how many creative people, how many people really uh, sometimes risking their lives and uh, and doing incredible things with so much devotion. Uh, and, and then, like Jacob, at, uh, at the moment, uh, thought of creating the World Future Council together, uh, these people together, and uh, from them to kind of raise these things to the higher level through policies and the policies awards. So that idea of the exemplar is very central to the World Future Council. And I think uh, this is the way to go. I mean, you, yeah. we have to see which are the role models, which are the new role models, which are the, our new references. You know, this is what uh, we have to populate our culture with. And I think, uh, unfortunately, what I feel today, at least uh, in Brazil, but I think it's uh, it's worldwide, you know, is that uh, our culture has been so impoverished that by by... by by examples which are very shallow or are, are with the the wrong meaning. No, I think that uh, organizations like the World Future Council is so good, so much good people and so meaningful people and good examples should uh, should really have a central role in the in the moment we are living. No, especially for new generations and. Uh, for leaders, and um, and I'm uh, I'm I'm very happy to see how much effort you know everybody puts in keeping it up, you know, which I I know it's yeah. a very hard job. Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about good examples and role models. I mean, you helped launch two organizations that specialize in women's empowerment and development. Uh, and in recent years, you have dedicated your life to Sinal. What does Sinal do Vale mean for you? Yeah, Sinal do Vale was something that I that I I started when I was 50 years old, and uh, after many years of being a global activist, I want to create a, a place to nurture a place to use my knowledge and my resources, whatever I, I had, you know, yeah. uh, through, through my life. To, to build a place that could be for caring. I mean, if I would say it, uh, synthesizing a, a place in which we could care. I mean, with all our knowledge of the technology, whatever you want, but uh, care for the soil, care and innovate for the food we eat, care for ourselves, go back to certain rhythms that we lost and, and kind of being more used to, to it again in modern terms, because the Sinal is not isolated. It's not a place that people go in a remote place and uh, and hide them from the the, the yeah. difficulties and yeah, problems yeah. of societies in the middle of a, a low-income neighborhood, a neighborhood where people, the, their mentality is not to care about the environment, but uh, 
just that uh, that learning also of how we can relearn to care, no? And so it means for me that exercise, because I myself learned so much there, you know, learn about how to care about myself, how to include the things that are just manifest and we don't know how to include because in cities, as you don't see them, we don't include them, you know, it's yeah. all like separating parts and there everything is there because nature is there, the animals are there, the people are there, like uh, so many things that are like uh, hidden in, in, in normal situations that you live, allow, uh, there they manifest and you can look at them with new eyes and see how we include them, how we care for them, how we identify creatively a way in that uh, we can uh, cohabit what, and then yeah. and and, and co and, uh, and and share what we have together, you know. So, but it seems easy, but it's very difficult because you see also how ingrained our mental models are. You know how it takes like a persistence and perseverance and and energy, you know, for in the long term. It's not a short term transformation. It's, yeah. it's all this question is not a a fundamentalist question. Is the question because somehow we have uh, we have uh, come from that assumption, no, that uh, of this anthropocentric uh, society that we all came from. But who said that we created that? Nobody had the universe was created for. I mean, the the planet. Uh, we all came here together, you know. And how some of us consider that we have more rights than others to the resources to to survive and. Uh, so all these questions, when you are there, it's not that you, you impose them, but you just you yeah. see them, you know? Yeah. And so for me, Sinal is, is the, both things. is a learning person. It is a learning process, you know, that I, I feel so, like, uh, 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 grateful that I have had uh, in this lifetime, you know, to be, to be still like a, open and uh, to expose myself and be to the to to that learning you know that is an everyday exercise but also that I hope that it can be an example because I think these places no for these new universities which is kind of a, a new way of learning together and learning with nature and practicing this new way of uh, being and doing I think this is critical for the 21st century. So I hope that, you know, is an example for, for the present and the future. And what, what role does um, education for sustainable development play in Sinara? That was at the center of our yeah. mandala, which is our symbol, and it's all about learning. It's not, uh, you know, that we don't... Uh, educate others we educate ourselves it's a process of uh, of uh, of educating together and uh, I, I pretty much uh, like follow and I'm inspired by Paulo Freire and all this very like a uh, famous uh, Brazilian educator no we and we take his principles as as the principles of our education that uh, everybody everybody uh, uh, it has something to teach and to learn. Yeah. Nobody is 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 it learns alone, and uh, and, uh, and that we learn from each other. No, we learn from each other. We 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 
We actually, everybody has something to teach and to, and we learn together and we learn in a community because it's a long-term process. So this is somehow what we, we practice at Sinal and there are much knowledge because we live in complex world that we need all the knowledge also of science, of, but everything in balance. No, not too much silence, science yeah. and you have a, the, the knowledge that is not scientifically proven, you know, yeah. in, by the, the, the standards of the West is considered knowledge. We don't consider that. I mean, knowledge is knowledge. It doesn't... Yeah. Uh, you know, different cultures and cosmologies, always knowledge is part of uh, our history in this planet. So there are many ways of uh, of learning and acquiring knowledge. No? Yeah. I mean, um, you are very often described as a catalyzer for others and mm-hmm. your organizations mainly work as such. Why do you prefer this approach and what what are the benefits? I think a while ago, no, we already did uh, this shift from being like uh, the hero to being like uh, a facilitator no? of, a, of a collective process. No, this is what I see from myself. Of course, I have a vision and sometimes I, I, I also protected that vision, no, but it's not... Uh, not centered in me you know it's centered in the vision so our the concentration uh, uh, is not on me it's on Sinal it's on something that we all are willing to accomplish together so and I think uh, we can only uh, do that uh, in a collective way because this is what is going to sustain it for a long time so what I think uh, make me keep doing that way because I want it also to last, you know, I mean, it's not important that I last in it, but it's important that it lasts with some of the the seeds that are there, you know, because not that are my seeds, but are the seeds that are through all that I learned and things that came through me and came through people that helped me. We know that they are essential. So I, I am always looking for for people so that uh, to see how people are really interested on it. I would say it's an enthusiasm that uh, is not very grounded yet, you know, so it has to see how they ground that enthusiasm so they can last within this project. Yeah, and I think that's why, um, because you also work with young people, so many, I mean, more than 1,000 young people at uh, Sinal have come as students, uh, volunteers, residents mm-hmm. to help develop your project and help uh, you plant those seeds. Um, and my question would then be, what what role do young people play in this re- regeneration and uh, remediation of our habitat? Yeah, I think anything that has meaning has to resonate with young people because they have to feel that it is important for them, you know, and they have still a life to become, no? Uh, They are becoming through life. Uh, As I get old, I see also how important it is that it's intergenerational because uh, also young people need to 
to look at uh, the ones to the ones that already cross, you know, the desert. <laughs> the desert uh, is, I don't know if it's a good image, but life is, is challenging, you know, to find, a, to find a meaningful life and to find a, a life which is not a formula already made by society. It's not an easy task because you have so many doubts. There are many, so many crossroads. So it's very important to be a, to be around people that already have done this and have made these choices before you, you know, and have uh, already like uh, gone through them because they will know not that you'll have to do exactly like them. They have that knowledge, you know, that practical knowledge of uh, of a lived life. Yeah, and lived a life with care. I mean, as you said, exactly. we all we all every day bring so much knowledge with us from so many different resources and people and places um yeah and spreading your work especially as you said with the intergenerational groups I mean that's kind of the best way to move forward Mm -hmm. um you often mention the the Egyptian project Sikkim as a source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sekim's founder, the late Dr. Ibrahim Abulesh, was a counselor of the World Future Council, as well as his son, Helmi Abulesh, mm-hmm. now. Uh, and they both promote biodynamic agriculture in a desert as the competitive solution for the environmental, social, and food security challenges of the 21st century. Um, what can we learn from this initiative? Well, I think uh, uh, Sekin was certainly one of the first movers on uh, on something which is, I would say, it's a growing uh, world phenomenon. No, which is this like a uh, these cells of uh, um, nature-based solutions. But I think uh, Ibrahim was. Uh, had that strong inspiration. Oh, I talked to so many times with him. Uh, I fortunately had the fortune to meet him and to actually have the possibility to inquire, to see his project, to see it through his eyes. And I think for him, it was uh, a little bit what uh, what I felt as well, no? that uh, he wanted to manifest uh, a vision, like to do it practically, to create an example, to kind of have this this practical learning and to bring it, uh, to do it with many people, no? Like uh, like uh, there are a lot of, uh, he created this community, which is Egyptians and Europeans, especially Germans, around something that was done uh, at the beginning of the century as something systemic, you no? Know, in a systemic deal, by Rudolf Steiner, but he did it in a very, where the conditions outside Germany showing also that this was possible, no, even in very like uh, uh, hard situations because he did it in the desert. So I think for me, when I saw Sekin back in 2000, for the first time I visited in 2010, I I had uh, this strong feeling of of having found uh, really a true example because I was there and I said this is is really what uh, what we mean by sustainable development we have been talking yeah. about this for 10 years talking in conferences like uh, 
in in basements in in hotels but that's the place uh, this is where is a true illustration of what it is even if it's not perfect uh, is that attempt that we all have to be doing and that's after that just one year after I I started uh, Sinaldo Valley which was yeah. truly inspired is very difficult very different like context but uh but the, the 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 source of inspiration was very similar, it was to do something, to manifest something. You see, in reality, you were talking about um, always making attempts, and nothing is perfect uh, when trying to manifest it. I was wondering because you said, you know, when you surrender and fully become aware of your environment and of your surroundings. Uh, there are so many things. There are so many, so many signs, so many different things. And me, I think, especially representing like the the younger generations, I would like to know if you have any advice, because I think um, it's very easy to become overwhelmed with all the different things that are happening, all the different problems that we have now. Um, and yeah, do you have any advice for us, for the newer generations? The, the main thing is that you, you have to work outside the problem, you know, like you never focus on the problem. You always look at the scenery where there is energy. Just to give you an example, you know, an example that is very common in here where, I, where Sinal is, is that the water is very dirty because people even though they like the water they have memories about how the rivers were they don't care they don't take care of them they 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 throw sewage they throw garbage they so of course it's a problem it's a big problem but uh, for years and years and years people have been kind of trying to educate and to prescribe uh, behaviors that are less damaged this is not the way to go. You're not focusing on the problems because these people know, probably they look at it, they they have the same sense of being overwhelmed and they say, they're saying, why am I going to do something and if everybody else does the same? You know? So we tend to kind of be obsessive about finding solutions to fix a problem. And I don't, I don't think this is the way. It's another paradigm. You know? It's like a looking in a more broader scene where where there's energy. I think for young people and for you, I don't say young people, but for you itself, I think it's so much, um, I mean, if you can't find energy in looking into something, you know, and uh, you try to do something completely different, you know, something with your hands, something that uh, walking in nature, just uh, to go around the problem to find energy, because at the end, anything... Uh, that is is difficult can only be be solved through creativity, you no, know? through energy and creative, through intelligence and energy that are the two human resources. So, if you if you are lacking of them because you are just uh, fixed on that, you won't find the solution on on something that has been uh, already very pleated, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything? You would like to ask me as um, a representative of the young generation. 
I don't know, maybe a it's, reaction to some of the things I said, because it's, it's always, you, I, you were interviewing me, and I said things that, uh, that I think are not uh, so much um, ideas that uh, mix a lot of what it was, my experience and my journey has all this, this aspect of, uh, of uh, combining different sources of, uh, of experience, knowledge, of uh, levels of spirituality, doing, being, all these things. Yeah. No? But, uh, so I would like to, 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 to know how this resonates with you. Um, well, first off, I have to say I'm also very interested in going into journalism. So I think, uh, you know, first deciding to become a journalist and then seeing for yourself, going to Italy and seeing for yourself, okay, this is what's happening right now and this is the direction I really want to go in and that's the work I want to do. I think that was very interesting. Um, and just all the the successes you've had, but I'm sure uh, it was very, very hard work and it takes time. I mean, like you said, nowadays we're all like, okay, here's the problem. How do we fix it? How do we fix it tomorrow? How do we fix it tonight? But um, really accepting and surrendering to the, to the long process. And it's really a never ending process that we're in constantly improving and constantly learning. So I thought that really, uh, yeah, I loved everything you talked about and everything you said. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You are welcome. So I hope uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe the recommendation, no, if I could say from, uh, from my life, I mean, whatever, from my journey and what I learned, I think it's important to, to, to really, really find ways in which you can support uh, to listen to your calling, no? Because there are so many voices that uh, that we hear from, no? As young people, no? In my in my time, like forty years ago, when I was probably around your age, no? Uh, how old are you, my dear? Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh my God, you are so so developed. So more than than four years, almost almost uh, forty-seven. No, when I was I'm sixty-five. So. I think there were all these voices that of uh, like uh, the family, the work, uh, all these voices of the references we saw. So I think to find ways to sustain the process of listening your own voice, I think it's very important. So I think uh, I think there are biographies, there are movies, but there are also mentors that can help you, you know, in yeah. that direction. And I really encourage you or any young people to really be around people that can mentor you in that process of finding your own voice and finding this call, you know? And then once, once it starts to appear, just to, to follow it. But I think it is about uh, yeah, like of uh, creating that balance of uh, not uh, just burying yourself into something yeah. that uh, is not meaningful, but you know, keep uh, like uh, nurturing that source with the things we do. And uh, and hopefully with time, they are going to enlarge, you know, they are going to take form, you know, it's like the mandala. At the beginning, 
And what uh, what a very a very important sage of the Tibetan Buddhism says, you know, at the beginning nothing comes, at the mean at the mean at the middle nothing stays, and at the end nothing goes. That's that's it. So I think we have to trust that, you know, that uh, whatever we cultivate yeah. with our full participation will 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 glow, will bloom. Thank you so much. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed this inspiring conversation and will tune in again for more next time. This podcast is brought to you by the World Future Council, a foundation that identifies, develops, highlights and disseminates future just solutions for the current challenges that humanity is facing. To support our work, find us at www.worldfuturecouncil.org as well as on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, in our next episode.